It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You damn right. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to a baseball tournament. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Do we have a series? Or does it feel like it's going to be a squash? We'll get into all of that. Texas and Louisiana coming up. Just think of us as your extended, extended pregame today. It is Chad and Zay. We got basketball to get to. And yes, we've got an SEC schedule to look forward to for the Longhorns and the Sooners and those other 14 teams. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is the future SEC fan, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? S-E-C, S-E-C, S-E-C. What up, Chad? Happy Friday, everybody. The road to Omaha starts today. That's it. Ain't no rain going to knock us down. Hey, look, it's Florida. It's Florida. They deal with rain like the rest of us deal with just sunrise and sunset. Yeah. Going to rain a little bit, then it's going to stop. Then it's going to be muggy. Then it's going to rain again. Then it's going to do the same thing. It's going to be all right. We're going to stay locked in. It's time to go. Louisiana ain't ready. That gumbo's tainted. That antouffee is spoiled. And we're coming to spoil it. Let's yeah. go. Apparently they've, uh, apparently they've used a lot of pitching lately. Not it, It's been a lot of it. So hopefully the Longhorns are able to take advantage of that today. They need a badass Lucas Gordon showing up today. Yeah. There is so much importance at the front end of this tournament. When you get into uh, the you know the regional situation, you do not want to try to fight through the losers bracket. Winning the and I heard somebody say it today, and I, I completely agree. Especially if you can get those first two wins. First win critical. Second win is really important as well. Then you can set yourself up to where all right. If you lost a game later and are forced to. You know, beat a team. Uh, you know, teams forced to beat you twice, and they get one from you. That's a little different, and you can reset for one game. But if you lose this one, and you have to go to 11 a.m. tomorrow and fight your way back through, and Miami, let's say Miami beats Maine, and then they get to stay fresh. That's obviously not what Texas wants. So Texas needing a big win to start the tournament. And if you love college baseball, man, this is your time of year. Sit back and enjoy it. Hopefully, you got your streaming service all hooked up. Because if you're a college baseball fan, you got to have that ESPN Plus going. Oh, yeah, it's a must. There's a lot of different fan bases, I think, that need ESPN Plus. College baseball freaks are one of them because that way you're seeing anything you want today. You can dial into any region you want today as long as you've got the streaming option. Yeah, ESPN Plus, they do their thing. Yeah, you know, oh, it's both, incredible. when it first started, a little shaky, but yeah. they tightened it up and it's a lot better now using it all 
uh, basketball season long and baseball season. It was very easy. Yeah, shout out to them. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, coming up later on. Scheduled twelve forty-five pregame, one o'clock first pitch. As of right now, I'm not hearing anything from Craig Way. Uh, knock on wood that anything needs to get postponed today. So we'll do what we need to on the front end here. We'll get you to Texas and Louisiana, and in the meantime, we'll talk about the NBA Finals, and we will talk about an SEC schedule. If you missed it yesterday, the SEC decided they're going to go ahead and go with that eight-game schedule for at least next year because it'll be easier to deal with. We'll talk about what that means coming up. Uh, But, Zay, the NBA Finals began um, the way that I, I think you and I both thought they would with a Denver win. We both picked Denver in five. They certainly were the better team last night. Yeah, they were very impressive. They did not look rusty one bit. Nine days off, and they came in like gangbusters and really took it to the Miami Heat and set the tone early for the rest of the game. And if I'm a Miami Heat fan, yeah, that loss hurts. But with everything that went wrong, Jimmy Butler, 14 shots, only 13 points, Mm. struggling. You got Duncan Robinson, only three points. Goes one for five from three, one from six for the field. Brutal. Then you got Max Struess. Oh. Today is National Donut Day, Chad. Oh. This fool celebrated yesterday because he gave you <laughs> zero of them things. The collar. The only player in NBA Finals history to have over 10 field goal attempts and have zero points. Did you say history like ever? History. Ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever? Ever, ever, ever. ever. You're saying Larry Bird never did that. Oh, hell no. Craig Hodges never did that. Nope. Reggie Miller never did that. Pat Riley never did it not even pat okay. not even pat riley right. okay. so that that's tough and we talked about the legs that the miami heat are they gonna have those legs coming into denver with that brutal seven game series against the boston celtics plus the altitude plus the altitude yeah. jimmy butler looked a little gas yesterday yeah, he did. and a lot of that has to go to aaron gordon i thought he was amazing as good as jamal murray and nikola Jokic were breaking nba finals records as Two of the only players in their, you know, I guess the debut to have over 10 assists. And then they got a record with Worthy and Magic mm. over 20 points and 10 assists. 25 and 25 10. 25 and 10. 10. Stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. That's crazy. That's stupid what they're doing. Crazy. But Aaron Gordon, what he did offensively, especially in that first quarter, those 12 points that he had really early. And shout out to Coach Malone. I talked about it yesterday. The Denver Nuggets have a big time difference in height when it comes to the Miami Heat. Big. And they utilize that. If you're going to put, you know, Caleb Martin on Aaron Gordon, then we're going to post them up because we have so many shooters on the outside, like our big man, Nikola Jokic, who's shooting 47% from three. You can't help. You can't help at all. They had so many of those easy buckets cutting off Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray had a couple of dunks. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he had a layup. Michael Porter Jr. had dunks. They played really well off Nikola Jokic in that first half. And in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, Joker came into his own and started scoring to really ice the game. But, yeah, if you're the Miami Heat, you shoot two free throws last night, that's a little sketchy, Chad. Two for the game. Two for the game. That's a little sketchy. That's a playoff record. All-time playoff record low. I You saying sketchy as in the officials may need to be talked to? Yeah. Was Eric <laughs> Davis sitting in the nosebleeds? Like, what was something going on? I don't know. Is that Eric Davis with an <laughs> Apple Watch? What is happening up there? <laughs> Yo, it's, it's 
And, and weirdly, just being the diehard Texas fan, I was like, oh, this is karma for the diehard Miami fan that supports the Miami Hurricanes mm. and the Miami Heat. Y'all remember what happened in the Elite Eight? That differential uh-huh. in free throws, especially in the second half, uh-huh. where the Texas Longhorns, without Dylan Dessou, was playing really good basketball, and then all, in the, all of a sudden in the second half, it shifted. And Miami got all the calls on their way to a Final Four. So, yeah, if you're a Heat fan and a Miami Hurricane fan, you probably remember both, and both of them were sketchy. So, again, if you're the Miami Heat and you're Eric Spolstra, there were a lot of good things that you did last night. My, Denver Nuggets didn't stop them one bit. All those jumpers, Max Struess missed, Duncan Robinson. A lot of open looks. Open. Lots of open looks. Open. Jimmy Butler, he has to be better, though. He didn't really get going. It seemed like he was kind of going a la LeBron, trying to figure out how he was being played. And they did a really good job. Bam out of bile. He was terrific last night. 26 points, 13 for 25, 13 rebounds. He was really good. But I think that's what Denver wants them to do. That They want Bam out of bile to be that number one scoring option because that takes away from what Miami loves to do and that's take threes with their role players and have Jimmy Butler create and get to the line. Like, Again, you got two free throws last night as a team. There was one point in the playoffs where Jimmy Butler was averaging 10 free throw attempts a game or making 10 free throws a game. Yeah. That, you know, you completely taking them away from what they want to do offensively and their chemistry. But guys like Kyle Lowry, him pushing the rock, he kept them in the game. Hayward Highsmith, he was great last night defensively at times. And when Miami went zone, it kind of mucked up the chemistry and the flow that the Denver Nuggets had. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Malone and the Nuggets will adjust in game two. So when that comes up. Uh, it's not gonna. Be, it's not gonna phase them one bit. But still, Miami did some really good things. Denver didn't stop them. But if you're a Miami Heat fan, I would be very nervous because you did not stop Denver at all either. No, that's gonna be a big issue for them because they were able to spread the scoring out so much. I'm glad you mentioned Aaron Gordon. There are a lot of problems Miami encountered last night. I'm not sure if there was any of them that are bigger than that problem because. In the end, when all you end up with is Skilo, wasn't it Skilo? I wish I was a little bit taller. Wasn't that Skilo? So, yeah. That's where they ended up on that. There's nothing you can do. No. There's nothing you could do. You just can't all of a sudden decide to get taller. I thought that matchup, what he was able to do, was massive. And then when we get to the history of it, again, the stat Murray and the Joker. First, excuse me, second pair of teammates to have 25 points and 10 assists in a finals game. Magic and Worthy are the other two. So just think about all the duos between then and now. All of them. Shaq and Kobe didn't do it. Michael and Scotty didn't do it. Hakeem and nobody else did it. Whoever you want to match him up with, Hakeem and, you know. You sure Hakeem and Vernon Maxwell didn't do and that? Vernon, you him sure and Mad Max? Him and Sam, him and whoever. Before Max was going in the crowd trying to fight folks? Never did it. And I'm telling you, Zay, watching Nikola Jokic play basketball is such a joy. The versatility of what he can do. The last guy I remember having these feelings about was LeBron because of the different ways it happened, where you'd go, oh, that kind of reminds me of that guy. That kind of reminds me of that guy. Last night, Joker's pulling all kinds of stuff out. I I see one thing, and I go, I kind of look like Tim Duncan. And I see something else, and it's like, that was kind of Dirkish. Then I see something else, and I go, Who, oh, that was kind of like magic. I mean, it was just all over the place. It's brilliant stuff to watch. That fool took five 
shots from the floor in the first three quarters, and they were dominating. Yeah, and he was taking over the game. With only five shots taken, yes, he was taking over the game with his passing and all mm. the attention that he draws because he's such a superstar. His touch is ridiculous. Like, it just... The floaters, as a big man, that's one thing you love about Dylan DeSue yeah. and his touch. Like, Joker, he'll shoot that little teardrop floater around the free throw line that's money. He shot a nasty fadeaway that looked a lot like Dirk in right? the closing game, you know, in the fourth how, quarter. How just can, icing again. How can a center remind me of Dirk and Steve <laughs> Nash in the same game? That's not real. Dirk and Tony Parker in yeah. the same game. That's stupid. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. hit some huge shots. Bruce Brown, he had a big run. It seemed like he had yep. 10 points himself. They're very impressive. And Jamal Murray, he reminds me a lot of Darren Williams. Hmm. Like being that big point guard, having a pure pull-up jumper, nothing phases him. He could post up. He could pass. Like him getting 10 assists, he was setting guys up. They were playing off him. It was almost almost like that hockey assist thing where they don't have hockey assists in basketball, but for Joker to set up 14 assists and him to have 10, it just shows you not it wasn't just one of them. It was trickling down. Both of the stars were being that unselfish. Yeah. That's crazy. They rarely turn the ball over and – Again, Joker, he's the perfect superstar that you want for your team. He, you don't got to worry about him on that John Morant shooting stuff. You don't got to worry about him mm-hmm. going to the strip club. All he wants to do is hoop and go back to his little farmland up in Serbia. Uh-huh. That's it. In the summer and relax. He was talking about, you know, with Grant Hill and Charles Barkley and Shaq yesterday, he was talking about after the game, yeah, I was chilling during the nine days we were off. Hanging out with the pool, hanging with the family. Y'all see this tan I got? Like, he has a great personality that just, it doesn't come off as a superstar. It comes off like an everyday guy. So it's relatable and it makes him way more likable than a lot of yeah. these other fools that are acting a fool in the association. Plus, you got to understand, Zay, I can under, I, the only way I can relate to Jokic, I can't do it with talent, I can do it with paleness. <laughs> uh, uh, us pale folks, we do like to brag on our tans if we can get them. Yeah. Because we usually don't get them and we can't keep them sometimes. So if we get one, we're going to let you know about yeah, it. Yeah. The only thing bad about Nikola Jokic is that way too old school fade he's got. Yeah. Got to get a new barber. It's tough. <laughs> that, that, that NBA Finals fade ain't working. He's got like the haircut from Hoosiers. <laughs> Right? Like every other player in Hoosiers had that haircut. 104-93 was the final score of the game. He has that Ollie LaCole haircut, like that Ollie haircut that was shooting Rick Barry style. Right, yeah. So game one is done. Let us know what you thought of it. Somebody just texted us earlier. uh, Jokic was meant to be a spur. Ha, go Spurs, go. There's a spurness to what he does. I know what you're saying there. Somebody says Joker's efficiency is unreal. No turnovers, 27 points. Points on 12 attempts. By the way, 10 of 12 from the line, too, in case you didn't catch that part. So there's really nothing that he doesn't do. There's not really anything he can't do. And we'll see now what does Eric Spolstra do? Because I bet he wasn't expecting that that line at the end. Hey, coach, is going to be fine. It's Butler who's going to be the shaky one. So would you tell Butler, Zay, to just get more aggressive right from the beginning? Because it almost felt like he was trying to mirror Jokic, the Joker's uh, you know, dis- distribution. Yeah. And it kind of got him out of sorts. Well, 
with Jimmy Butler, you look at the last three series, from Milwaukee to New York to Boston, and all the matchups that he took advantage of. Like Even, Drew, even though Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders of all time, he's still a point guard. So putting him on Jimmy Butler, he was able to post him up and get him in the lane and just go right, right over the top, and Drew Holiday couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the New York series, you got guys like Josh Hart and Quentin Grimes trying to check him. They're too small too. Same thing. Put mouse in the house, putting them in the blender, using those guys <laughs> in the post, hitting them with his you know signature pump fake and getting themselves to the line. Last series, we saw the same thing, even though the Celtics did a way better job games four through six, not biting on those pump fakes, being way more disciplined, which got them back in the series. Again, who knows what would have happened if Jason Tatum didn't get injured in game seven. But now with the Denver Nuggets, everybody's big. Contavious Carwell Pope is six foot seven. Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, six foot five. And they're putting Aaron Gordon on him, who's six ten. So he can't take advantage of those matchups. Even Bruce Brown is six five, but Bruce Brown has a really long wingspan yeah. that, you know, changes the game and makes life tough. So him getting to the line, him driving it, it's gonna be a lot more difficult. He has to hit that mid-range jumper and he has to hit the three at a consistent basis. That's the only way the Heat are going to have a chance, and that's not Jimmy's game. He right. doesn't want to do that. He wants to get people involved. He wants to get to the line. He wants to get easy buckets. He tried to take advantage of mismatches. The only one that's there who's become a way better defender you know, during its time in the league is Michael Porter Jr. He's their worst mm-hmm. defender, and there was a time where they got that switch with Jimmy Butler on him, and Jimmy took him to the rack and got a layup. But you also saw Michael Porter Jr. being 6'10". Sometimes he could get beat and he could still retreat and get a block just because he's that size. They're so damn long. It's ridiculous. You you mentioned it going in. You said it'd be a part of the matchup. And I watched the game. I was trying to watch part of that game last night almost like just with a big 10,000-foot view. And the announcers were saying it. I was thinking of you saying it. Like You could just see Miami's smallness as they came up and down the floor. Christian Brown. The Kansas rookie, he was one of the best defenders I've seen in the Big 12 in the last 10 years. Mike Malone has so much confidence in playing the youngster because he has a championship pedigree winning with Bill Self a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. and he's an elite defender. So there were times that he was on Kevin Durant this season during the playoffs. And he'll come in and he'll muck things up and make life hard. Eight minutes last night. Eight minutes. Eight quality minutes. Diving on the floor. You see the crowd get hyped when he dove on the floor and stuff like that. Like, (laughs) that's huge. Yeah, effort stuff. Effort stuff. Like, that's huge down the line. Christian Brown, he's a tough guy. That's all they have. That's all they play. The Denver Nuggets, you look at Nikola Jokic, like, oh, this dude's soft. He's European. You know what they always think of those European guys. That's what Dirk had the first 10 years of his career. This guy's soft. He ain't tough. He doesn't have what it takes. That's BS. I think that's what the Phoenix Suns were thinking when they didn't decide to pick Luka Donich in the draft and selected DeAndre Ayton, which was still one of the worst moves in NBA history, a la Sam Bowie, Michael Mm. Jordan. But... Yeah, you, we got to stop looking at these overseas guys and thinking they're soft. They ain't. Nikola Jokic is an absolute dog. He's goofy. He might be a little husky, but he's in shape, and he's one of the best players that I've ever seen. Just watch his feet. 
Those feet, yeah. those feet move, and they move really well. Some text rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. This says Spolster's got two days off to watch video. I think Miami will make adjustments and tie it up on Sunday. This one says, as a Mavs fan, it was satisfying watching the Heat only shoot two free throws. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, that, that's an NBA fan from a long time ago. I get it. Those six game three, Oof. that was brutal. So, and then a couple other comments on Joker's hair. One says sling blade out there triple doubling <laughs> have you ever seen sling blade yeah. mm, i like him french fried potatoes uh and this one says joker has the timothy mcveigh haircut now, there's no Yo, reason to bring up that kind fried. of name but you're, you're i think you're right the, the haircut's fried that's the worst part about him which you gotta love it because he don't care about his appearance no. i don't want a guy like james harden that has to groom his beard every day and stuff as much as i love james harden i think he's one of the best offensive players ever yeah he has a lot of red flags a ton of red flags that clearly affected his career like that's you can't deny it one bit there's a high maintenance quality to him exactly joker does not feel like that at all zero <laughs> none like that, I, that'd be a great question ask the trainers ask the staff the coaches the teammates what does he demand tell me something he demands how is he a prima donna because I haven't heard one yet. Maybe just baklava for dessert every night. Yeah, right. Just something European. I don't know. Yo, Weird food. You talked about what Eric Spolstra should do, Chad. I would go to Pat Riley if I was Spo, and I would say, yo, can I get fined? Because two free throws, like you in your day, if the, oh, Boston, Celtics, right. if the Boston Celtics would have held y'all to only two free throws, you would have said something crazy. So you're saying in one of these two press conferences on the off day, let him say something that'll get him fined. Yes. Okay. Time to get fined. Just, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. Like uh, this is this is where we are because that's some BS. Because Riley has done that. Uh, Pop has done that. The best of the best. Do, yeah. Phil Jackson used to do it a lot. Oh yeah. Phil I, Jackson would strategically throw those comments in. Yeah, and you can do it. You know, you can finesse it to where maybe you don't get fined as much. Like because the reporters are going to ask you. Mina's going to ask you. Back, I'm like, what do you think about the two free throws? And then throw it back at them. Have you ever seen that before? Uh-huh. Because I haven't. Maybe you ask it this way. Hey, Pat, can I get a $10,000 fine? Not a $25,000 fine. Can I throw out a $10,000 fine <laughs> comment? <laughs> do you think they have, like, camps for that? Like, people that can help you? Like, okay, if you say this... Twenty-five thousand. If you say this, like yeah. maybe there's an AI for that. They send. They probably is. It probably is. They have a guy come in like Crash Davis in Bull Durham to give you help with your stuff, and this is help. Well, here's how to get the call. <laughs> get the call, and this is what your fine is going to be. We'll see what happens for Game Two. Game Two is uh, again not until Sunday, so a lot of time off. ABC Sunday at seven o'clock. For game two. All right, coming up, let's get into football. The SEC finally made a decision, and if you just look at it on its face, it may not seem like progress. But trust me, there's progress in there, Longhorn fans. We just have to dig for it. We'll talk about it next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. It is so sick that I knew that song. I think I knew it that quickly, too. Is this King for a Day by Thompson Twins? That's right. Bam. Why am I happy? Why am I bragging on that? Why am I bragging on myself for knowing the Thompson Twins? I have no idea. So why were they called the Thompson Twins with this brother in it? 
Um, I, honestly, I don't know who was supposed to be the twins. I, I mean, I'm assuming the two white people. I don't even know if there was anybody named Thompson in the band. I think they were just, look, Zay, it was an age of cocaine. Ah, As yeah. I've tried to explain to people, when you mix all that hairspray with all that cocaine, you can't really look for logic. Stuff goes wrong. Okay, so Thompson is obviously a black-ass last name. Thompson, <laughs> Jackson, Robinson. So I would say it's his name, the brother, and the twins are the other two white people, the lady ah, and the white so Thompson dude. twins. Thompson okay, twins. Got gotcha. you. All right. Yeah, well, I'm going out on the limb there. It's the best thing I've heard so far. <laughs> I haven't heard anything better. We'll go with that. Thompson twins today and uh, Texas baseball coming up against Louisiana. The tournament cranks up today. Let's see if Lucas Gordon and the Longhorns uh, can get that very critical early win to stay on the winner's side of things. Obviously, it's Miami and Maine on the other side. They play tonight, I think, scheduled 5 or 6 o'clock uh, if you're keeping up with it. So if Texas wins today, go to 5 o'clock tomorrow. If they lose today, that loser's bracket game would be at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Damn, so, they play baseball in Maine? Uh, Yeah, apparently. Man, a little bit nippy there, don't you think? The Black Bears. I, right. bet, I bet the Black Bears are thrilled to be in Miami. Oh, yeah. Oh. My goodness. I bet they are loving that. Um, if you're a Maine player, I'm guessing when the girls walk by on the beach in Miami, you you enjoy that. Oh, yeah. I got to think. Looks a little that. different. Yeah. Got to keep the distractions to a, to a minimum if you can. So baseball coming up at 1245. It's Chad and Zay. A little extended pregame, if you will. We talked NBA Finals. Denver up one game to none on Miami. The other big story of the day is... Is the SEC finally deciding on its scheduling? They're going to go eight games or they're going to go nine games? Well, it's not the best news possible, Zay, but I don't think it's a crushing piece of bad news here. They're going with eight games, but they're being pretty clear that this is a one-year thing. Maybe it's one or two years, we'll see. But it's a, it's, this is not permanent, but it's eight games for now because they think that'll be a little easier for 2024. Yeah, and I'm good with that. I feel like the SEC wouldn't mess this up by not putting A&M on the schedule for Texas. And we know that one rival game is going to be Oklahoma. So, you know, it seems like, especially with us and how we talk about things, it seems like the schedule affected the University of Texas more than anybody else. Just because, like with what mm-hmm. Justin Wells told us the other day, everybody's a rival. So there's definitely three teams. If it were to be that 9-3 schedule, there's definitely three teams on there that Texas would play in Arkansas A&M and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. But for everybody else, that's where it gets fishy. And that's what we've been talking about all week long. So at the end of the day, it's going to affect Texas the most. I think going from year to year to see how it goes is good. But, yeah, in 2024 – Eight games, I'm fine with that as long as A&M's on the schedule. Yeah, I agree with you there. And we're going to find that out on June 14th. So we are 12 days away. They're going to do a primetime SEC Network event. Zay, are you prepared as a Longhorn fan to have to tune in to SEC Network to find out something important? Yeah, you ready for that? I mean, yeah, that's where we are, I guess. Our man Chris Bennett heard you chant SEC earlier and threw up in his mouth a little bit and texted to us, hey, I don't have that kind of conference pride. I'm not chanting SEC. There's a lot of Longhorn fans in that world, I know. Uh, so it's going to be one of those baby step processes. But on, sep- uh, on September, on June 14th, we'll find out officially 
If it's Longhorns and Aggies in 2024, let's hope it is, because otherwise that's going to feel like a little bit of a letdown. Uh, So I went through, Zay, real quick today on who would be the one for everybody. You tell me if this makes sense. I think there are four that are just glaringly obvious. Auburn and Alabama. Yeah. Mississippi and Mississippi State. Yeah. Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. And Florida, Georgia. Yes. Like, those are lock-ins for me. Right. Then here's what I did with the other ones. I went A&M LSU. You could also go Arkansas there, I guess, if you wanted to. To me, I don't know who else you pair A&M with if it's not Arkansas or LSU. So I went A&M LSU. I went Arkansas Missouri. I went Tennessee Vanderbilt because of the state thing. And and then I went Kentucky South Carolina. So that's sort of what the others would be. And then you have those other seven games. The thing that they're going to need to watch here is deep down, if they think they might be going eight long term, they got to figure out if they're going to do so for Texas and Texas A&M. That means you won't play it every year. Are you going to go every other year or are you going to go two out of four? Like, are you going to do a home and home situation and then switch it back? So is it Texas and Texas A&M two out of four years or is it Texas and Texas A&M every other year? They're going to have to figure that kind of stuff out if they really want to stick with eight. I'm thinking they're going to end up at nine. Yeah. I think eventually they end up there. Sankey secretly wants nine. Not so secretly. He's letting it out. I think that he wants nine. By the way, Greg. Saban wanted nine, but he's trying to backtrack to eight. I think they'll be okay. Here's the key, though, Zay, that people need to realize. This is where I think the the good news is in the, the deeper level. They also have said eight conference games plus every team has to play one game non-conference that matches up with ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, or a major independent. And that's a group of 60 different teams that are not Wofford and are not Chattanooga. Now, I'm not saying Wofford and Chattanooga aren't still part of it because they may be on the backside, but at least they are mandating that this happen. Now, the independents also include not only Notre Dame, which everybody would think of, and remember, BYU is not an independent anymore as of next year, but it includes Liberty and Army and New Mexico State and some of those kind of teams. But at least it's FBS. At least it is you're making them play. Everybody's got to play one of those. Right. I think, I think that's good news. So then, And the s- Horns already got that locked up with the Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah. Schedule coming up, and hopefully they'll years. hopefully they'll still do that, and hopefully this mess Nick Saban's talking about, like, well, if we go to nine conference games, we may have to look at our non. Shut up, Nick. You're Alabama. Play Wisconsin and an SEC schedule. Stop acting like you'd be afraid to play that schedule. So, oh, you know, if they go play a Big Ten team, they're going for the Northwesterns or the Rutgers. Then they may they may do that. They need to keep this Wisconsin scheduled though. If they if if it's on the schedule, keep it as much. That's as who you they can. got coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay. They have a home-and-home home already set. Well, they usually do that. Yeah. You're and, right. They, they usually do it. But hopefully this resetting of things will not scare them away uh, from it. So we'll see how that all plays out. So June 14th, we will find out what happens. Uh, and I'm assuming, we would all assume they would let everybody know, Texas and OU is a lock. And then you hope Texas and Texas A&M find their way on the, on the schedule for next year. They have said they will preserve rivalries. So... Let's just find out what that means. How many of those do you preserve? You're the SEC. It does just mean more, and that includes a lot of different rivalries. You need to preserve those things, as far as I'm concerned. You need to make sure that not only Texas and Texas A&M get back together, but I think, I think Georgia needs to play Auburn every year. Yeah, I think Alabama does need to play Tennessee. Nick Saban can bitch 
all he wants about what his three teams would be, because I agree with you, the natural fit for Texas having those three, it, it really fits. The other team that really fits for me is Bama's. If you're going to make Bama play Auburn, LSU, and Florida, excuse me, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, all three of those feel like it matters. Right. Because it's Bama. Just like all three of the Texas ones matter. Because it's Texas. It's Texas playing three teams that can't stand them. And they can't stand those three teams. You can't really say that about other combinations. Maybe LSU and some others. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I hope we can get a little closer here. Um, so we're, we may be like less than two weeks away from finding out that the Longhorns and the Aggies will get together in 2024. Play it. You know, We'll, we'll see where it's going to be played. That won't, they'll, they'll probably be playing College Station. Now, that won't be determined on the 14th. That's the other thing we should say. They're just going to lay out the opponent. I don't know if they're going to give us home and road at that point. Actually, they probably will. They'll probably do it like the NFL. Okay. They'll probably lay it out to where you'll say, you're going to be at blah, blah, blah. You're going to host blah, blah, blah. So I think that maybe we do find out if it's College Station or Austin in 2024. I, will be, I'll, I won't care either way. Doesn't matter to me. My OCD says make it Austin because that's what you used to do anyway. Even was Austin, odd was College Station. Go right back to it. I don't care. And it would be rotation from the last game. Just on some SEC petty stuff, they would probably flip it. <laughs> Just to say, we, Just don't turn want, it around. we don't want to do what the Big 12 did. They might. We do our own thing. And like I've said, I could understand giving, I know you disagree with this, but giving the Aggies a little bit of a caveat in case they are a little salty about being told that Texas is coming to the conference, eh, letting it start in College Station. I don't know that that would hurt anything. You're always going to be little brother. That saltiness just swallowed the pride, man. No, the saltiness will always be there. Yeah. Like I said, I do not care which one they play it at. They just need to keep it home and home, and let's play. Let's go. You know, I, you, we talked about it yesterday. I'm good with Carwell Stadium. <laughs> Pack house. That weird, bright-ass green hotel will be sold out yeah. in Caldwell if yeah. that's where they play it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so that is uh, the exciting news out of the SEC. At least we know kind of where it's headed and uh, on Wednesday, June 14th, we will find out exactly what the Longhorn schedule will be. And all those schedules in the new SEC will be for 2024. Just keep this in mind. When A&M and Missouri joined, the SEC went two full seasons before they got a rhythm and like a, a real pattern going. So A&M plays South Carolina every year right now in the SEC. They didn't set that until 2014. They played two years of a different kind of schedule. Then they switched over. So you got to have a little patience with the SEC sometimes. It takes them a little while to reset what they're trying to do. All right, uh, it is about time for Texas to get started in the tournament. Can they get on a roll? Can they get the rhythm back that they lost in Arlington? Best news I can give you today, Longhorn fans, this game does not happen at Globe Life Field. They are in Miami and Coral Gables. Texas and Louisiana coming right up. 1245 pregame and a 1 o'clock first pitch. The voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way, is coming up. Everybody have a great weekend. Hopefully the Longhorns are still alive on Monday to talk about. We'll have the full shows for you then. Stick around after the game. Little ball don't lie for you. Weekend shows and all that coming as well. Have a great weekend. Texas baseball is coming up. Two.